Welcome to My Autism Tribe, a community of advocates that are linked by autism but bound by strength. This is a time to find our sounding board and shoulders that help us carry life's load without the fear of criticism. We give and receive. We nurture and empower. I'm your host, Susan Scott. One of the most important missions of My Autism Tribe is to celebrate and empower the amazing individuals that are on the autism spectrum. There are so many. One of these amazingly gifted individuals is Rachel Barcelona. She is Miss Florida 2018 National American Miss and was Miss Florida International 2016. Her platform, Ability Beyond Disabilities, inspires those that have challenges to strive for their dreams as well as to educate those who might not understand the challenges she and others on the spectrum face. Hi, Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, no problem. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Well, I've been following you. You've been in the news recently, and I have to say that I am just overwhelmed with happiness that someone like you is taking a stand and having such a strong voice for all of those in the autism community. Can you share a little bit about yourself? Oh, wow. That's going to take a long time. But I can give a sort of a basic rundown, like how I was diagnosed when that happened and all that stuff. So, okay, I was diagnosed at three years old. It was just when I was in preschool. Uh And back in those days, I had no idea what autism was. And my mom, being a nurse, she didn't really have an idea either. So my faintest or the best and worst memory I ever had was her and I being in an office and everyone was surrounding me. They said, she's never going to have a normal life. She's not going to have any friends. Just give up. Oh, my gosh. But my mom, here's why this is the best memory, because my mom fought back. She didn't give up on me, and that's why I'm here today. That's incredible. So, and how old are you today? I'm 22. I'm a junior at the University of South Florida. I'm studying communication. And I just love to entertain people. You can do anything with communication. So I think I'll just go from there. (laughs) I think that's amazing. So, you know, with the autism diagnosis, one of the problems, you know, or challenges that you have is communication. And for you to have a platform um, like the Ability Beyond Disabilities where you are actually communicating to everyone to share not only your story but to educate those who might not understand the challenges that you face I think is so powerful and just really goes to show that anything really is possible, right? Yeah, yeah, because I started it when I have been with the University of South Florida, their autism organization, for a long time, for over a decade. That's how I got all my help when I was a kid. But I started my platform when I was 13 years old. And I was a little iffy about it back then and even in high school. But nowadays, I was thinking people really don't have all the awareness of autism. I mean, we preach about, oh, we need to have awareness for disabilities and whatever, but there's no acceptance 
So that's why mm. I think my platform and educating people is so important. That's right. You make a very good point. Um, you know, when you were diagnosed and you said your mom was a nurse, you know, you were three years old, which I think is usually about the age that a lot of kids and, you know, at least nowadays, too, are getting their diagnosis. What was that whole, like, what happened afterwards? Like, did you have therapy? You know, what was that whole process like for you? Yes, I remember every day after school, or at least every Friday, I would have different kinds of therapies. Mm-hmm. I remember I would have the kind of ABA therapy. I had the therapy where I would listen to opera tapes for hours on end because noise bothered me. Oh, wow. You know, in school, in school they have the fire drills, and I hated those really, really bad. Sure. My son so does, I, too. I think we did every therapy under the sun. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, well, well, yeah, my son has done ABA therapy and um, has, quote unquote, graduated from his his program last September and now is receiving speech and occupational therapy. Um, he, too, is also very sensitive to loud sounds and, you know, still working with that. But I want you said something really interesting. You listen to opera music to kind of drown out, I guess, the surrounding sounds. And now I want everyone to know that you are actually an accomplished singer and you love singing opera. So can you share a little bit about how that came about? Yeah, that I think this is what sort of gave rise to my idea that you can do therapy at home because I've listened to opera and my dad, he collects vinyls and he would show me these heavy metal vinyls there were the old ones, like Black Sabbath, for example. <laughs> yeah. And we, would, we would just play those to help me get used to the noise, and they helped. I really liked it, and now I'm an avid fan of opera, heavy metal, and music in general. And I just love singing opera very much. You know, it's very rarely that you hear someone say that they listen to opera and Black Sabbath. <laughs> But I think it's so great. What was interesting is that part of your therapy is really kind of what you're passionate about now. Yeah. Um, And so you've also served as a spokesperson for, like you said, the University of Florida, the Center for Autism and Related Disabilities. And then you've also been named ambassador for the Unicorn Children's Foundation, what is, uh, can you explain to people can, what this foundation is and what their mission is and what your role f- as ambassador has been? Well, I'm with a lot of foundations, but <laughs> primarily the Unicorn Children's Foundation. We raise money for families that have kids with autism, and mm-hmm. if they can't afford certain services, we help them with that. Okay. That's so important, too. And that's based in Florida, where you currently live? Uh, it's actually based in Boca Raton. That's okay. far away from where I live. Okay. And so this foundation, do they serve only Florida families, or are they a national organization? Um, I think we are working on serving other people, but as far as I'm concerned, it's just Florida for now. Okay. Okay, and hopefully that will grow, too. I really don't know, to be (laughs) honest, but I know that there's a lot of cool stuff that we're doing. 
But if you want to know about serving other people, there's another organization I'm with. It's called the Global Autism Project, and our mission is to serve those who are out of the country. Oh, wow. That is incredible. So do people reach out to this organization, or does this organization reach out to people, like trying to find people that they can serve? Well, our mission is to make sure that they actually want our help, because that's very important. You don't want to sort of be this savior to people and help them if they don't really want it or need it, because Unfortunately, some people just don't want it. I've had that in my experience. There's a lot of autistic people that are proud of their autism, and they don't want advocates telling them any different. Sure. And (laughs) unfortunately, but, and that's the same thing for around the world, because autism is not known in different parts. Like when I went Mm -hmm. to the Czech Republic, I was being sort of carted around to different locations because we had to go places. And the driver asked, is autism a hotel? Oh, gosh. So that's really how bad it is, and that's why we have to do our thing. Yeah. That's why it's so important. But the, the most important thing is if they want help, we will do it. If they ask for it, that's our mission. That's a great point to make. You know, there are so many gifts, and even though you know autism definitely has its challenges, there are certain gifts that have to be celebrated as well. And you're you make a great point in that, you know, even though awareness has become a really big topic here, you know, a lot of people are fighting for acceptance and inclusion as well, very rightly so. But we also have to be cognizant that not all people in the world are aware. And so, you know, we have to make our voices stronger, not only here in the United States, but also globally. And people like yourself, they're just doing a really great job for that. You have had, with your international title, you made over, I think it said 300 appearances just with your title alone. And that in and of itself, just having that title has allowed you to have a stronger voice and a presence in, in, with the communities, correct? Yes. It was really cool. I like it. Yeah. So are organizations reaching out to you? I know that I found your story online, and I've been following you. Um, Social media has been really great for that, of course, and I'm always looking for inspiration and ran across your story, and it was so powerful that I knew that I wanted to, to speak with you. How did you get into beauty pageants, and what was that like? Oh, wow. Um, it was sort of a social skills thing because more boys are diagnosed with autism than girls. So my mom, at a very young age, she decided, oh, let's put her in pageants and modeling because I wanted to do it. I just wanted a female friend. I was surrounded by boys. Oh, good. And my best memory was when I was looking at a camera and I was posing in front of it and I I loved it and Mm -hmm. I started pageants when I was five years old and I stopped 
in fourth grade, but then I resumed them at 13 because I had severe depression at the time. Oh. Then my friend, my friend told me, you should do pageants again. So I did it, and then I just changed when I was on the stage. I knew this is where I had to be. That's incredible. Well, you are such a beautiful young lady. Um, so it's no surprise at all that you've received, you know, a lot of attention from that. I think a lot of times, too, there are, uh, you have also been diagnosed with um, dyspraxia and epilepsy. You know, how has this affected your diagnosis of autism and how has it affected your life and how have you been able to deal with that? Well, I think it's brought awareness to the fact that there are many comorbid things that can come with autism. Mm -hmm. As for dyspraxia, I had a lot of trouble with math. I had to retake it three times in college, which was not fun. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and so have you've probably, did you have tutors with that? Yeah, I had a tutor from middle and high school that would help me a lot, mm-hmm. and that helped me very much. That's great. Just, just the past school, I needed that. Now, as far as the epilepsy goes, uh, and you were 22 years old, do you do you drive, or did you get your license? Actually, no, I, I do not drive, and because of the anxiety I have I really don't see myself driving because it just scares me I don't want to be the one responsible for running into a car or being scared if someone cuts me off it's just not for me and I heard they're going to make self-driving cars soon and there's even a bus service in my area that helps people with disabilities get around, and I will be using that. Sure. Well, that's great. And, you know, there are just a lot of crazy people on the road, too. So it's not necessarily you that would have, you know, any worries. I would be worried about everybody else, too. (laughs) You know, my son's five, and I often wonder, too, you know, will he ever drive? And just things like that. He's young, and it's still hard to to know what the future looks like for him. But um, just speaking with people like yourself just, you know, gives me hope too because I see just how passionate you are and how happy you are, you know, now. And when you were 13, you said that you struggled with depression. Where did that depression stem from? Was it, you know, with from your diagnosis or... Can you tell me about how you felt at that time? Well, it's been going on for a long time, and it stopped when I was right now, actually. Mm-hmm. But I think it was the whole idea of not fitting in. I went to a Christian school, and they just had no idea what autism even was. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it was, because I always got bullied and was even called the devil's daughter. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, my mom knows about that, and I just didn't like that. I could write a whole book about what happened, but I prefer to just think what's in the past is in the past, and you need to move forward, you know? Those experiences in your past, 
some of those memories, those bad things that happened, and I think it's an important lesson for everyone, we can use that for good. You know, it's made you be a stronger person, and it's those stories you can use in part of your advocacy. It is not all right to bully people, no matter if you have a diagnosis or not. It's just children can be so mean, and especially if the school is not able to deal with that appropriately, it just makes it really hard, not only for the kiddos, but for the parents too, because no parent wants to see their child hurting. Yeah, it was just a big lie because my mom was told that they would be able to help me, but all I saw was that they were trying to reform me, and there were so many other kids like that. We would get kids from delinquent schools, and they were just trying to fix them, and it was the same thing for me. I was always put in those little rooms with all those other kids because they were trying to be fixed. And I just didn't think that was right. Sure. Sure, because you're not to be fixed, right? It's just you're you're beautiful the way that you are. And we have to embrace that beauty in difference. You said you were a junior, so you're going to be graduating here in about a year. And what do you want to do after you graduate? Oh, wow. Well, I think I'm doing a lot of things right now, but... I think after I graduate, I'm going to keep working hard. I really want to get a book published. I'm working on it right now. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little and bit about that? Yes, yes. My debut novel is set in the Victorian era, and wow. my main character has a form of autism, but she's on the lower end. She can't talk. Uh-huh. Did you, did you know how... There's people with autism, they start talking and then they lose it. Sure. And that's what she has. But I was sort of thinking one day, what would it be like if someone was in the Victorian era and they had this? What would it be like? How would people view them? Mm-hmm. And there's so many non-speaking autistic individuals. They communicate through the technology we have now. But people in the Victorian era obviously didn't have that. And the fine motor delays in their hands, they couldn't write on paper. Because you think, oh, they could just write. No. So I think think this book will teach so many people to be grateful for what they have. Absolutely. It's a book for everyone. I think so. I'm trying to make it for everyone because it's so easy to get caught in a niche. I try to do what Stephen King does. Mm-hmm. He says that his books are like an equivalent of a Big Mac and fries. <laughs> <laughs> Something that everyone likes, you know? I love that. You are so funny. So do you have a title for this book? Yes, it's called The Silence of Sylvia Kane. Ooh, that sounds really interesting. I love the title. That's really cool. I'm, I'm working hard on it. It's because writing's very difficult, especially when you're doing so much. But I always tell myself, you gotta write. Don't be lazy. Yeah, well, and it's a great way to express yourself. And I think that the book will do amazing things for 
for your platform and for others that read it too, you know, it would be really cool if it got turned into like a movie. I mean, this sounds like a movie, really. Oh, that would be my dream. <laughs> and if you could act in this movie, maybe you could be Sylvia Kane. Maybe. I mean, I'd probably be too old but if I could get a girl who shoots my vision, that's all I want. Sure. You know, if there's one thing that you could share about autism, I know that this is kind of putting you on the spot, but what's one thing that you would say to people that are on the autism spectrum? Hmm. Well, I would say that be proud of who you are because I come across so many autistic people who wish they were normal, but mm-hmm. that there's really no such thing as normal. That's and I know I, I went through that phase in my life where I wanted to be just like everyone else, but you should be your own you or else who are you going to be? Just a cardboard cutout of everyone else. Oh, you are wise beyond your years for sure. What's one thing that you would say to just the entire autism community, for those that are not on the spectrum, but want to learn more about it, what would you say to them? Well, for those in and out of it, I would say that awareness is really not going to do anything, and it's kind of problematic even. Awareness only creates the image that We know that autistic people and people with disabilities are there, but it sort of gives people this sort of wary perception of, oh, we should fear that person. Mm -hmm. We need to be preaching acceptance, not awareness, because acceptance brings people together. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I always tell people, and maybe this is the wrong thing, you can let me know because I definitely want to learn from you. I always say, you know, you made the point when you were in the Czech Republic that people weren't aware of really what autism was. They thought maybe it was even a hotel, which I think is really sad. But I think that acceptance can be taught through awareness. So when the word autism is brought up, then we can also educate about acceptance. But we have to have awareness before acceptance. Is that the wrong way to think? What's your opinion on that? I don't know. I just, when I said they thought it was a hotel, I think it can help for people who have no idea because some people think it's a hotel or a dessert or that it comes from evil spirits. I know in China there was this one mom, her her son fell on his head and she thought that that caused his autism. Mm. So, so I think maybe we could teach people how how it happens, that maybe it doesn't come from a certain place, and how we can accept people. Right. Well, and this is what the Global Autism Project does. We teach awareness through acceptance. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. I will continue to follow you. I'm so very proud of you, and just know that you have a tribe of people here that are just clapping for you and patting you on the back and cheering you on. And I know that you're getting ready for Miss Florida. 
and you're on your way for that, and we couldn't be prouder of you, and um, you definitely have our support. Oh, thank you very much. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Rachel. Oh, I enjoyed it. I love it. Education is so important, and what better way to be educated than through the voices of individuals like Rachel? It's so powerful to hear their strength and their passion. Thanks to everyone in My Autism Tribe, today and always.